Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Thursday, August 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians wake up this morning in Seattle, uh, four games ahead of Minnesota in the American League Central Division. And just, you know, really, it, this is a position that nobody thought they would be in at this point with about 40 games left in the season. Uh, how did they get here and how do they stay here? And and how do they, you know, continue this run into the postseason? Yeah, this is uh this is uh, this is a great run, Joe. It's a great story, really, when you think about it. This is a team that did nothing at the trade deadline except send Sandy Leone to the Twins, who were in first place at that time. They did nothing, r- really, nothing over the off season. Um, you know, as far as trades or free agent acquisitions go, you know, with the exception of maybe Brian Shaw, and uh, here they are. You know that. <laughs> They are, you know, 66 and 56, 10 games over 500 for the first time this season. And they're four games ahead of the Twins and White Sox. Uh, just uh, just a good story. Um, you know, they've started 14, uh, you know, 14 uh, rookies have made their big league debuts on this club. And uh, they just keep rolling, Joe. They got off to a great start on this trip by sweeping uh, San Diego in a two-game set. And now they're really going to get tested here, I think, in Seattle. Yeah, uh, let's let's take a look at that San Diego series before we jump in on the Mariners. Uh, it was uh, a, a little bit of a departure for this this team. Uh, they, they used solo home runs. They hit five of them in two games in San Diego, uh, two of them yesterday by Jose Ramirez. Uh, really, that's the formula that, that sort of worked for them early in the season when they found success was Jose Ramirez sort of driving that offense. Uh, he had three hits in the game yesterday. Two of them left the ballpark. He uh, victimized Blake Snell in the first inning. And then again, in a big five run fourth inning, uh, the the guardians sent seven men to the plate. And really uh, it was, it, it was sort of that, uh, you know, pass the baton sort of offense. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez also hit a home run. He smoked a ball off of the, uh, warehouse in, in left field and just uh, an, an all-around great performance by the offense. And then Cal Quantrill came out and against his former club, the the team that drafted him in the first round, uh, he was dominant over seven innings and, and didn't allow a run. 
Yeah, seven seven innings uh, by Quantrill. The bullpen closed it out. And uh, Joe, we were talking before yesterday's podcast about how just how quiet Ramirez had been, or how you know he kind of just blends into the background, and all of a sudden you know he hits two home runs in his first two played appearances, gets a single, and adds a sacrifice fly. And the this, the game before that, he drove in you know, an insurance run with a single. So like you said, hopefully, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's getting into a groove here and can carry, um, you know, the guardians for these last 40 games here. Yeah. If he gets hot, if he gets hot, like he was in the first half of the season or the first you know month, month and a half of the season, uh, then there's no telling what the, the guardians can do. Who else should we talk up like that? Who else should we, uh, um, you know, sort of, speak into uh existence in terms of their uh their their dominance uh, uh tristan mckenzie stephen kwan for this series uh let's talk them up so that they have a a good uh good series against seattle uh, i think that would be uh appropriate but uh you know just to to continue on that that san diego series uh they really sort of caught the the padres who are a, a playoff team they are a good team uh, they sort of caught them. Uh, I don't want to say with their pants down, but they caught them in a in a in a at a bad time. Juan Soto didn't play in the two se- uh, two game series because of a sore back, and and really this is a, a San Diego team that's you know they they go out and they get Josh Hader at the at the trade deadline, and he comes over and he's done nothing for them, and and you know Josh Bell really hasn't uh, hasn't clicked in and, and done much at the plate for them, so. Uh, you know, they really, the, the Guardians really took advantage of uh, a, a San Diego team that wasn't playing its best baseball after this, uh, this massive trade deadline where they made all these moves. Yeah, definitely. When you see Hayter uh, pitching in a seven, nothing game, you know, something's wrong <laughs> and then Owen Miller gets a hit off him. <laughs> so, you know, you know, the, that, uh, there's something, you know, amiss with, with that guy. Cause he's got a great arm. And then, you know, Fernando Tatis, that, that disaster mm-hmm. blows up in their face just before, uh, Cleveland arrives in San Diego. So probably not a lot of good vibes in, uh, in San Diego right now. And Joe, I was just, you know, Quattrill really kind of continued a, a great trend by the starting pitching mm-hmm. since, since August 6th, the, the starters have a 2.09 ERA and have gone seven and seven and three. And in those 16 games that covers 16 games, the guardians have gone 12 and four. So, you know, starting pitching is starting to drive this team just like we thought it would at the start of the season, but really hasn't didn't necessarily turn out that way until this stretch. And and you got it both ways in that two game series because uh because Aaron Savali went short in his start. Uh he only lasted three and a third, uh or you know, or four. He didn't go uh deep into the game uh, early. They they needed four and a third innings out of the the bullpen in mm-hmm. uh in Tuesday's game. Uh, and then the other side of it, Quantrill goes and, and you know, goes out there and says, hey, you know, we, we used some arms on uh, Tuesday. I'm going to I'm going to get you to the eighth inning uh, where you only need two guys to to finish the day off. And, and Shaw and De Los Santos come out and, and are, are, are solid, uh, you know, yesterday. So really that it sets Terry Francona up for, you know, this series, at least for the first couple of games of this series in Seattle where he's got his bullpen lined up and everybody's going to be fresh and ready and, and sharp. Uh, and that really bodes well for, uh, for the guardians as they move forward. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, that bullpen has been, 
you know, really strength of the team all season, but like, uh, like the rotation, it's kind of shined in, in August, they're six and one with a 2.10 ERA and seven saves and seven chances. Uh, and you know, you've got what, uh, you've got, uh, Karen check, uh, hedges, Arhenkis and, uh, and Sandlin working on scoreless inning streaks. Yeah. They're all, uh, all up there. 13, 14. I think, uh, uh, Karachek hasn't been scored on in 17 or 18, you know, outings or something like that. It's, it's, it's been remarkable to see how, how these young guys in this bullpen have been able to come out and perform. Nick Sandlin has been outstanding. He came back from, uh, you know, a a couple of weeks in Columbus and has been a a revelation in terms of just the way he's been used out of the pen, Uh, his command. He found his command in Columbus and that's what Terry Francona said you know, even with all the movement and all of the 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 histrionics with his delivery that he's got, uh, you know, if if he focuses and and just tries to get in the zone, uh, his stuff is good enough to beat a lot of guys, and and that's what we saw, uh, especially in in Tuesday's win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his side armor with uh, you know he kind of throws a wiffle ball slider. And he's really tough on uh, right-handers, you know, just kind of dominates them. And, you know, the, and Francona has let him face some lefties too. So, you know, that, that's got to bode well for them going forward. He could be, you know, kind of their guy, you know, the, a guy that kind of comes out and you could pitch him in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning uh, and, uh, you know, kind of a matchup guy. So that's an exciting development. Yeah, he's he's getting maybe the innings in the leverage situations that Eli Morgan had been getting. Uh, before Eli Morgan sort of started to take a step back uh, earlier. So, uh, yeah, the, the the trip to San Diego, just an overwhelmingly good one. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, the, the guys love playing in San Diego, and they'll be right back there next year uh, thanks to this new uh, new schedule that came out. And, uh, you know, the, the Guardians will play all, thir- uh, you know, all 29 other teams in Major League Baseball next season. Uh, everybody's on the schedule. Everybody gets a a shot at, uh, uh, you know, the the Guardians, and the Guardians get a shot at them. Uh, and and Terry Francona likes it. He says uh, the the more balanced schedule is more fair to the teams, especially with the wild card being part of uh, the equation now, the expanded wild card at least. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, the division games, uh, you know, instead of playing like seventy six division games, you're going to fifty two. Um, you know, there's going to be a big jump in uh, uh, interleague games from 20 to 46. And, uh, you know, so th- like you said, Joe, they're going to be, I think the travel is going to be, you know, a little different. You know, I mm-hmm. think there's like four, seven game trips and, uh, uh, you know, but uh, it's it definitely is, uh, you know, the, the emphasis, I think the emphasis is still going to be on division play. But, you know, you're, but it, I kind of, it balances out, like you were saying, you know, the, it, instead of, you know, the teams uh, like uh, Cleveland, for example, you know, taking advantage of a weak AL Central, you know, they're going to have to play more of the, you know, the, the, the AL West and the AL East, and you're going to get a better, you know, a fairer read on, on the play, you know, the playoff positioning for teams. Yeah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to play games against the, the national league East, which is a team that they wouldn't normally have seen, uh, you know, every year. So uh, yeah, the, the better competition is, is going to be out there and it's not going to be, 
you know, just the the teams in the American League East beating up on each other, and then you know for for you know nineteen games apiece uh, per team. So, yeah, I, I I like the 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 variety. I like the the ability to go and see every team. You know, the uh, the the NBA does it. It's a it's successful in the NBA. Uh, the the NFL has a a, a, rot- a good rotation with their schedule. It's kind of kind of harder to to do uh you know face every team in the nfl so you you try to get them within a a four-year span with their rotations and, and you, you pretty much do so uh yeah it, it'll be interesting to, to be able to see some more parks and, and get out there and and you know get familiar with a lot more i just it's remarkable that the the guardians were in san diego for the first time in 17 years that's that's crazy the last time that they were there was 2005 and um, you know, Tara Francona liked it. He, he said, he talked about it at length and, and said that was, that was all right. Um, another thing that we need to mention, uh, John Adams, the, uh, the guardians, uh, you know, the Cleveland longtime, uh, drummer who sits in the bleachers and, uh, you know, bangs his bass drum and he's done it since 1973. Uh, in recent years, he hasn't been able to because of, uh, health concerns, but, uh, John Adams inducted into the guardians distinguished hall of fame. Uh, you know, big news for uh, for the club and for John Adams and, and just, uh, you know, can't think of a better guy to, to be honored that way. Uh, the Guardians recognizing one of their biggest fans. Yeah, that's a great move by them. Uh, they're putting, a, you know, a, a bronze replica of his drum and his bench in in the Heritage, uh, you know, in the Hall of Fame and Her- uh, the Heritage Center. I think it's the Heritage, Heritage, Heritage Park out in center. Heritage Park, Park in, in center field. So that's really cool. I feel good for John. One of the first stories I ever did for the Plain Dealer was on uh, John Adams, Joe, when uh, when uh, Peter Bavese was uh, the uh, GM of the Indians and he was thinking of shutting down the uh, bleachers, you know, because the, uh, you know, it made it, the stadium was so big, the old stadium, and no one was sitting there. He wanted to bring the crowd closer to home plate. But so I went up and talked to Adam, John Adams and he goes, you know, guys like Pavese come and go. This is my team. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, and, and he was right. You know, Pavese came and went, but uh, John Adams, thankfully, is still hanging around. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love it. You know, when they moved over to the new ballpark and Jacobs Field, Progressive Field, and, and he, he basically he took his same perch out there in, in his spot. And eventually they put a, a camera out there. That's how that's how you know you're a, a part of, of something, an institution. They put a camera over your seat so that the, 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 the camera can see you and, and, you know, cut to you during a broadcast and watch you bang your drum when you're out there. That's that's pretty cool that, uh, you know, he's been in, involved in a lot of really cool things that that not the average fan would ever be able to do uh, just because, you know, just because one day he decided to bring his drum and, and and bang it on the on the the bleachers, it's it's just really cool the way that 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 turned out for him, and, and you know couldn't be happier, nicer, couldn't be a nicer guy to to have that happen too. So, uh, congratulations to John. Uh, looking ahead now uh, in Seattle here, uh, gorgeous city, boy, this place is this is amazing. This is a, a a great place to see a baseball game when the weather's nice. Uh, what are we expecting from? The Guardians in this fight now. This is Seattle is a, a playoff team. They're in position right now in the wild card. And, and this is a good club. You know, you can't take these guys lightly. And the Guardians face them seven times over their next 12 games. Yeah, this is going to be a good test. Uh former Indians uh right hander Jerry DePoto, the GM, is uh 
has really put, you know, he's trading Jerry, man. He's, he finally, you know, he, he makes more trades than anybody. And I think he finally has the right combination of players, pitchers. They're, they're doing a, you know, they, they made a great run last year, a late run. They didn't make it, but this year they're well positioned to uh, get into the postseason, and they're, they're going to be a handful for anybody, Joe. Yeah. You talk about the Mariners. You got to first talk about uh rookie sensation, Julio Rodriguez, uh, an all-star, uh, a, a home run derby finalist. Uh, this kid is electric. He's fun to watch out there in the outfield. Uh, but the the Guardians have their own rookie outfielder who's who's been pretty awesome. Uh, and in Stephen Kwan, is 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 it easy to to sort of fall into a, a thinking where it's this is this is the series of Kwan versus Rodriguez, and is this the uh, the make or break rookie of the year series? Uh, because a lot of the national media, you know, hasn't really followed or I, I should say hasn't really touted Stephen Kwan as, you know, a serious contender for the the, the Rookie of the Year, uh, you know, award. Uh, we, you know, we know in Cleveland that he is, but it's every time you look up, it's Adley Rutschman or Julio Rodriguez, uh, Rutschman in Baltimore. Uh, it can can Stephen Kwan open up some eyes here with a good series against uh, against the Mariners? Yeah, I think he can, Joe. Uh, you know, Rodriguez certainly got a lot of play from the, you know, being in the all-star game in the home run derby. Uh, but uh, Quan, you know, to uh, the baseball, to the baseball guy, you know, to the baseball purist, you know, he's had a great, great year. I mean, you take away May from this guy and, you know, he's, he's sailing. He's, he's on, he's been cru like cruise control, even yesterday with that, that, you know, kind of check swing mm -hmm. two run single uh, down the left field line. I mean, just a big, big hit in a big situation. He's been doing that all year and he's played great defense. You know, I haven't seen uh, Rodriguez, you know, d defensively, but you know, I, I mean, uh, you know, Quan has proven himself to be a two way player. The only thing he doesn't do is hit home runs. So, sure. you know, but he's the ideal leadoff hitter. Right, yeah. Um, the moment has never seemed too big for Stephen Kwan, uh, even though even though there have been so many of those moments uh, so far this year. So uh, it'll be great to see, uh, you know, how they match up and how they compare uh, throughout this four game series. We're going to get an extended look at them here in Seattle. Uh, but you know, it's it's not just Julio Rodriguez on this Mariners squad. They've got uh, Ty France is having a monster year. Uh, Mitch Haniger is back, and he's always a thorn in the uh, uh in cleveland side uh eugenio suarez who came over from uh from cincinnati uh, is always a tough out for cleveland pitchers uh also jesse winker who's who's you know in and out of the lineup there so uh, you know there's they, they can beat you in a number of ways uh but really their starting pitching is where they're they're sort of built um you know they they've got logan gilbert going against uh um uh, Shane Bieber tomorrow, but uh, today's matchup, Tristan McKenzie versus lefty Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez is actually, you know, uh, you know, you know, pretty solid. Yeah. Gonzalez has been around, uh, you know, he faced uh, the guardians a lot when he was pitching for Toronto. Um, so they, they're familiar with him. Uh, you know, uh, you know, that should be a good matchup. I, I would think, uh, you know, the Guardians, you know, probably should have an, a little bit of an edge there. Uh, but the rest of the series is is a toss-up, Joe. I, I really think so. This is, you know, I, I, I love the way they started this trip, you know, the sweeping uh, San Diego. Uh, now they got to, you know, they got to finish it off here. 
Yeah, I think uh, the bullpen is definitely going to have to have to step up and step forward again uh, if they're going to win some of these games in the uh, the second half of this series. You've got Zach Plesac going against Luis Castillo, uh, who they brought over from Cincinnati, and uh, Aaron Savali in the the getaway game uh, matched up against Robbie Ray, who's you know as as good as anybody. So. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like on on paper these are some you know, some pretty tough matchups for the Guardians, uh, but we'll we'll see how these these first two games play out. Tristan McKenzie uh, on a serious roll, nine and nine, through three thirty one ERA, but uh, that that doesn't really tell you the <laughs> how how dominant he's been lately. So uh, we'll we'll see if he can continue that. Uh, in in uh, you know T-Mobile Park is a uh, a pitcher friendly park. So we'll see what the, uh, what the odds are there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, McKenzie's head, you know, he, he's, his numbers are better than his record. Don't you think? Sure. I mean, he's had a couple weird starts. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one in Toronto, he gives up two home runs and loses, you know, he's, you know, he's, he, the solo home run kind of comes back and bites him all the time, but uh, his numbers, other than that, Joe, other than a home run, it's hard to get a hit off this guy. Yeah. I mean, early, what's the op? The the opposition's hit like one ninety eight against him. Yeah, earlier in the season, he was the master of giving up like two or three total hits and still losing, losing a game by a run, which makes no sense. But it also makes sense because the the young off offense and the young Guardians lineup, it it you know sometimes they can get held down. That's that's why this series is so scary because, you know, they might have to win a couple of games three to one or, you know, you know, four, three or something like that. So uh, hopefully the offense can come through for him. Uh, but McKenzie's been lights out uh, just over the last month, month and a half. Uh, every time he takes the ball, he's he, you got ace sort of vibes from him. So it shouldn't be be too worried about that. All right, Hoynes, we're going to wrap it up here uh, from uh, Seattle. We will be back with you again tomorrow to talk about. Uh, the first game of this series and and how things are going to play out over the weekend here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. All right, Joe.